Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a bit of a giggly morning. <laughs> I, I do feel a bit giggly. <laughs> oh. Do you think it's because the insanity levels are just going out of the roof? Do you think we're just oh, unhinged I am, a bit? I am over life right now, seriously. <laughs> there are too many COVID tests that are happening around my life and I do not oh. like it. Oh, Sarah, your household is done. a circus. Tell us about what's oh. going on. Well, we've got children, we've got an ex-husband who's isolating on his own, (laughs) so the children are in my house, and then we've got a child in the house that's now having to isolate, so she's stuck in her bedroom, she hasn't been to school for God knows how long, Um, so I'm playing nursemaid, running up and down the stairs, and there's actually nothing the matter with any of us. But we're being very good citizens and we are following the rules and we're doing exactly what we're told to do when we're told to do it. And it brings the question like, why does it have to fall on your shoulders? You're being it's like super always mom. my house, always. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so I'll tell you the funniest thing was, um, so when I found out that I had to have the children for 10 days, I said, um, right kids. You're going to be here for 10 days while dad's isolating. I am not eating chicken for 10 days. So come up with some other options. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> now, so, was chicken in the, is that like the one dish that they know how to make or that they have at their dad's house? It's just the like, in kind of meat terms, they're like chicken. So oh, okay. one will not eat beef. Oh. neither of them eat lamb they won't eat fish I'm making oh. them sound really fussy they're not that fussy um <laughs> one won't eat a sauce so you can't do <laughs> oh you're kidding it's like a whole combination of things so to get a meal that everybody will eat like we're okay for a couple of days when, oh when I'm kind of on duty but yeah, yeah like 10 days of just grilled chicken or something like that two weeks on the trot eating uh <laughs> eating grilled chicken is not oh fun I can God. tell you so um oh. yeah isn't that funny? What I didn't, you know, a custody arrangement can actually, the benefit of it is that you can have a lot of variety of meals and do the things that your kids may not like to do half of the time. It's great. Although my other half did complain the other day because he said, he said, you won't eat chicken. He said, when you haven't got the kids, he said, now his daughter won't eat chicken. He's saying, I just want chicken. <laughs> Oh, that's so, so funny. There's a whole combination of people to please that it's not working right now. That's so funny. I didn't even occur to me that that would be a consideration. Oh, yeah. That may be the lighter side, though, of <laughs> shared households. <laughs> not the worst problem to have, but certainly oh. quite funny. Oh, my gosh. So you're at the breaking point. It's all fun and games, I can tell you. Oh, um, my, my daughter seems to have her own personal past to the testing um, laboratories here in Jersey. She's been there often because there's been Frequent so many cases. Miles. And it's not even her. She hasn't got anything. Um, <laughs> but it's any time there's a case detected where mm. she's been, then she has to go as a precaution. Oh, so, yeah, gosh. it is. Yeah, bring on the vaccine. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. <laughs> they say that's coming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is good bring it on we're quite excited <laughs> oh my gosh so a return to normal would be would be brilliant hey Wouldn't yes that be incredible? whatever normal looks like yeah yes. so we're heading into the holiday season 
Yes. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, thank you. Because it's not culturally, our Thanksgiving in Canada is a month early. So the Thanksgiving Mm. in the US is both late as well as a super big deal. (laughs) So I've never really quite understood the whole Thanksgiving thing because it's like, it's, it's, I think it's bigger than Christmas actually. And it does feel a bit odd. Like it feels like you're going to celebrate Christmas in a minute. Why do you need another big holiday? (laughs) I know it's weird, isn't it? (laughs) You know, I mean, it's nice, but I know it's just a bit much. Yeah. And do you actually give presents on Thanksgiving or is it just a big meal? Ah, it's a big meal. Right. And then the entire country blows a bunch of money the next day in Black Friday. Right. Because it's the official start of the Christmas buying season Uh, conventionally. Okay. So Black Friday deals. And apparently it was record sales. So. Right. Because everyone's stuck at home. They've got nothing else to do. I think that's it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're getting on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Just blowing a bunch of money. Yeah. I admit it feels good though, because I actually went out uh, yesterday with my dog. We just kind of took the subway and Mm. went around. I love going to my little consignment stores, my thrift stores. Love it. Love it. And even to a large box store, because I always love to get like the red ticket items, the final clearance. I bought some dishes that were odds and ends from various sets that have been opened in the store and piled together for like a super low price. I got a pair of jeans from this consignment store. I just had a great time. Um, so that's my jam. And so I, to be honest, I was actually participating in the buying frenzy, but just mm. with used items and super low, you know, like discount items. I just love that stuff from my childhood. I just love picking up these little things on clearance that yeah. maybe other people have overlooked, but that I see a big value in and I get a great deal. So mm-hmm. I do have to say I indulged in the shopping therapy this past weekend. Queen bargain hunter. Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> Doesn't hurt that I have a cute dog as well with me. So get a lot of good attention when I'm out with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. I um, I actually started my Christmas shopping at the weekend. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. So is that local stores on Jersey or is it internet buying? Well, I'm, I do a combination. So yesterday I did go, we don't normally have shopping on a Sunday because mm. we live in the dark ages. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you can't go, you can do some supermarket shopping. So smaller mm. uh, sites can open on a Sunday, but the larger ones can't. Although I think they have been able to more recently. But the normal kind of high street isn't open on a Sunday until mm. Christmas. So about this time they'll open on a Sunday as well. They'll do some Sunday trading. Mm. So I went in um, yesterday because... My daughter was actually allowed out yesterday and then was told last night that she needed to go into isolation. So she was at work. um, My son was just on his um, computer game the way that teenage boys do. Mm. My other half had gone off to do something that he was doing with his daughter. And I was like, great, I've got the day to myself. What shall I do? I thought I'm going to go into town and do some Christmas shopping. And it was really nice because it wasn't too busy. We have had the most amazing weather this weekend. It has been like spring um so it was beautiful sunny bright day and it was just really nice getting a few little Christmassy things so yeah ah, I feel gorgeous. felt triumphant very good very yeah. good and there is a nice thing about supporting local businesses that's really yeah. nice yeah. yeah so yeah it was good so I've started the Christmas shop and I feel like I've opened Pandora's box now and ah. it will be spending between now and Christmas <laughs> <laughs> and just to reference prior podcasts, do you still have these text messages coming from your children from, from within your own house where it's like linked to this ridiculously yes. expensive jumper with like Christmas present, wreath, question mark, yes. heart? Yes, all of that. Not just that, we get screenshots of things as well. So. <laughs> 
Gosh. And then somehow we have to decipher all of it and decide what we're buying. So, oh my gosh. And especially what we're buying between the two houses as well. So mm. there's all of that. Like, well, I'm getting this. What are you getting? Like, yeah, it's a lot of discussion. This is something I've never considered. Is this something that you and your ex actually work out so that fairness, one person isn't grandstanding over the other in terms of, do you guys do any communication around that to prevent conflict? It's about like not having duplication as well. Like, mm. So we'll just kind of have a conversation like what are you thinking about getting? Okay. Or I'll have had a conversation with one of them and then I'll be like, well, this one wants that. I think that this is where we are with that child. Uh, <laughs> uh. Just somehow try and work it all out. <laughs> God, that's and really cool. It's also made more complicated by my son whose birthday is on the 7th of January. So... Oh, not only do we have Christmas to contend for him, we've then got a, and you have to buy things now because you won't get them after Christmas because yes. the shops will be empty. Ah. It all just ends up a big jumble mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With some wow. sort of sense of something in there. Not really quite sure. And this is a year like no other? Yes. I think they had a year like this 100 years ago. So we can give ourselves a pass to say we're just muddling through Christmas yeah. in quarantine or Christmas yeah. in lockdown. Yeah, I think we're just hoping there'll be a Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've certainly noticed lots more people have been putting up their Christmas decorations this weekend. Oh. So I've seen a lot of decorations going up, which I think is earlier than people would normally. But I yeah. feel like people are, they need some joy and happiness in their life. Yeah. Actually, that's a really great point, And they need the celebration. Yeah. And actually, to put up Christmas, that, that is a socially isolated, I mean, meaning it is a socially distant event. So it's mm. a safe event from public health. So putting yeah. up as many decorations. Yeah. And not only do you enjoy it, but people passing your home can also enjoy. And yeah. maybe it is that celebration, that euphoria that we need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. My tree has not gone up yet, though. <laughs> Mostly because we're all arguing about who's going to put it up because no one can be bothered anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everyone's done. Yeah, yeah. We had actually considered, because the Christmas trees are now coming up for sale in my neighborhood, and me and my dude were passing by and saying, should we get a Christmas tree that we never have till now? And then we just realized, like, our two cats, we've never actually had a Christmas tree and two cats in the same mm. locale, and we just, it would be a bloody disaster it would be a disaster <laughs> there'd be zoom meetings going on up and down the tree from 24 7 um and somebody would take an eye out yeah <laughs> so we we gave us some careful thought for about three seconds and realized no that's not dismissed the idea you can get one of those little mini trees uh, <laughs> that would still become the zoom meeting whether six feet or two feet it, it would be oh. day and night toppled over yeah absolutely yeah and so we decided cats. against it <laughs> the crazy cats absolutely all right well bring us to the international desk of love the correspondence oh let's let's indeed mm -hmm. so what have i got for you this week there was a little article on ways to build loyalty and trust in your relationship. Mm. Now, this caught my eye because we talk quite a lot about trust and, and about having a healthy relationship and how trust is like mm -hmm. a real key element of it. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really considered the loyalty part, but I guess we do talk about commitment quite a bit. Mm. And it kind of lends itself to that, doesn't it, around that. I'm fully committed and I trust my relationship. Mm. So there are five things that we can do. Would you like to know what they are? Yes, please. Take a note. <laughs> one, of, one of these days I'm going to ask you that question. You're going to go, no, nah, I'm not that interested. 
<laughs> Next. And that'll be the end of the love desk. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> okay, so we have got number one. Find little moments through the day to think about what it is you love, respect and honour about your partner. Hmm. Some days that'll be easier than others. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> sometimes it would feel like taping out the garbage and sometimes it would feel like going and taking a beautiful walk in the garden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but need to do it every day. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Make cherishing one another a ritual of connection. Oh, there's the connection word again, because sometimes mm. that's been kind of on my mind because we really hammer home communication because yeah. especially women, we love to verbally communicate where sometimes men are terrified by communication. <laughs> and sometimes connection is the thing that bridges like yeah. nonverbal connection, mm. spending quality time, yeah. uh, physical touch, those yeah. leaning into those other love languages. Yeah. Ah, I like that one. So yeah, I think that is important. If you have doubts or concerns, don't avoid dealing with those uncomfortable feelings and resolve the issue together. Oh, I can see that what, why that would build trust because if you are harboring resentment or mm. not sharing how you feel, the breakdown of trust when you're not communicating and when you're not being authentic in your relationship, yeah, when you're brushing things under the carpet or mm. doing the whole, which I, I lean into, a fair deal is, what's wrong, honey? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine slamming dishes around <laughs> there are so many words ways to say the word fine <laughs> oh I've, i have I, them all <laughs> i got told that um when things aren't fine apparently that the e at the end goes up slightly too high <laughs> fine <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's my tell you know they say you have like a poker tell apparently oh. that's my tell that things aren't really fine <laughs> <laughs> and there's the dishwasher like there's the slamming oh, dishes yes. in the dishwasher yes mm -hmm. that's a big tell <laughs> yeah so yeah mm. if you communicate in ways that are not authentic which i do mm. all the time so don't worry dear listener if you do that <laughs> then it doesn't build trust because then my my partner can't trust what i'm saying yeah because if the same words are coming out of my mouth but yet the meaning is totally different but, i'm not yeah. being truthful and i'm not being real yeah well your words and your actions have to match really yeah, yeah. okay we're smiling together we're like yeah <laughs> We hit like match of uh, behavior and words 30% of the time. <laughs> no, 50% of the time. I think I like, I like the bit at the end where it's resolving the issues together. I quite like that yeah. because that's about taking collective ownership, isn't it? You're both mm. responsible. You're both in it. It's not for you to fix or me to fix. Yeah. It's for both of us to be in it together. So I, quite, I yeah. do quite like that. Yeah, I agree with that. If you have a complaint about your partner, pause and consider where they might be coming from before addressing the issue. Oh God, I thought about a suggestion box. <laughs> Sorry, I just, if you have a complaint about your partner, set up a suggestion box, <laughs> an anonymous suggestion box in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> you're fired, Anna. But there's okay. only two of you, you're going to know I that know. it wasn't you. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! It's not that anonymous, is it? Oh, it's not at all. Post anonymous Google reviews. You start writing things in your left hand to describe. describe I know, it. right? It wasn't me. An anonymous person came in and said, "You're really screwing the pooch on this one here." So, tell you those cat those cats are superhuman if they're popping suggestions in for you both. Ah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, oh my gosh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> okay, finally, the last one is agree and commit together to working towards a thriving, happy, and healthy relationship. Mm. So that's my favorite one, the commitment. Yeah, it is, right? Being on the yeah. same page. Yeah. And again, when we get together, it's always implied. We all think that we want the best thing because we're on that love high. And it is shocking when that love high goes away to realize that we may not have been on the same page this entire time. So you actually have to start from the very beginning. Yeah. When you start to see conflict, assume that you never set up the ground rules. You never determined collectively what you want out of your relationship and what's important. We had a hilarious thing on Saturday night when... So we're going out for Christmas dinner and when we said that we'd go out for Christmas dinner, there was a conversation about, but can we still have some turkey oh, and can yes. we still you... do a gammon, right? So Doesn't you remember that conversation? Like yeah. So a gammon and turkey ah. to which I said, yes. Now I assumed that just means we're cooking some meat so that you can have, like you would normally have some leftovers and you have yeah. it with a buffet with a or we make a sandwich mm. or... That apparently that wasn't what was meant. Oh. What was meant was, can we have a full-blown Christmas dinner the next day? What? And I said, what's the point of going out for Christmas dinner then if you're going to make a Christmas dinner? I know. (laughs) Oh, that's a bit bizarre. That's not what I thought. Okay. No, it's not what I thought either. So we had this discussion on Saturday about the fact that, well, actually what you said I've interpreted this way, Mm. what you meant was something different. So. It can come up, it pops up in all kinds of places that you least expected it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that came out of nowhere. I really honestly thought that he just wanted some leftover like ham in the fridge that he can kind of slice up with some chips and two pieces of bread. Oh, wow. And then, and I imagine that if you heard that, you would have been kind of indignant saying, well, what, am I going to be sitting in the kitchen then and making this delightful second Christmas dinner for you? So I imagine there's a lot of um, defensiveness that might have come up for you. There was a definite conversation that happened on Saturday. <laughs> Put it that way. Did that look like a hell no? Or <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to cr- cook this delightful, elaborate dinner? Well, then the conversation was then, well, I'll make the Christmas dinner. You just, like, I'll do it. I'll just get, and so then it was, oh. we've resolved it in the end. But Oh. Yeah, it was a good example of where you say something, but two people interpret that very differently. Oh, gosh, it's funny. I've I had a bunch of that happen this weekend. It's astonishing sometimes. It's like it's absolutely astonishing. Yeah. So we are constantly trains hurtling towards disaster at every <laughs> given moment. This is our relationships. We're always heading into like complete oblivion. And so it really does take us to check in regularly with like, yeah. what did you mean by that? Because that's yeah. how I interpreted this. And it'll, co- it'll constantly shock you. It'll constantly, oh my well, God. It's a good job we had the conversation before uh, Christmas Eve, really, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> good for you. That's a, that's a great example of uh, how important it is to communicate for the same, for the same ends. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that list. That was really, really good. I think no time like the present. To lean into these measures to build trust and loyalty. Well, yeah, and there are, you know, some tricky times ahead, I think, for all of us, given Mm. just generally what's happening. And, you know, often Christmas can be a bit of a trigger and creates this extra layer of of pressure. So I think they're just useful things to be mindful of and to start to think about as we head into this mad period that will be upon us very soon. Yeah, it is. And we're all hanging on by a fingernail. So don't, don't worry if you feel a little unhinged. Uh, we're not alone. We're just 
what's the expression? We're just um, going on fumes now. Like for the however many months there is before we get through this winter, there's a vaccine that has enough of us have been vaccinated in our general population. We're just going on fumes. Yeah. And that's okay. Running on vapor. You don't have to bring your best today. You just have to bring something. Yeah. I like to get to the end of every day and think, is everyone still alive? And have we all eaten? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. That was a great day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I think I like, I actually counted successes like you did your cat's dressing change or you changed the litter or there was a little something, a cupboard or something to be cleaned out. And mm. that was... I'm not going to lie, there were a couple of days in last week, that was the most spectacular thing I did with my day. Yeah. And I counted it. It counts. And so you should. (laughs) And whenever I'm in doubt and I'm like, whenever, because I often think the whole world is racing ahead of me and much more successful. Everyone's getting their shit. Everyone's got their shit together, getting their shit together. And then I remember everybody has taken a pass for 2020. Mm. This year is going to be a write-off for everyone. So the good thing is like, Everyone else is counting their biggest accomplishment as in um, tweaking their, I don't know, social media or something, doing something small. Yeah. No one's racing ahead. Yeah, absolutely. With the exception of Jeff Bezos or somebody who's, (laughs) (laughs) who delivers all these packages for our uh, binge online shopping. Well, somebody's got to. (laughs) But buy local. Yes. Buy local. Need to support the high street where we can. There you go. Nice. Oh, well, that's a good start. So, yeah, that was. Should we uh, bring out a hot topic, maybe? Let's bring it out. Let's bring it out of the oven. Okay. (laughs) It's hot, hot, hot. (laughs) So, we've been talking about Christmas and we started Christmas shopping. Mm. So, today's hot topic is what's the worst present you've ever been bought? You know how the sirens come on? <laughs> I don't know why, but it they choose their moments. And uh, <laughs> this must be a hot ticket item because I just heard the police drive by <laughs> with their sirens on. Um, wow, this is this is a good one. This is a good one to bring up because, you know, people may be thinking about like, what do I get people and mm. so forth. And uh, we just want to give a little reflection in advance of people making some pretty terrible mistakes, maybe, mm. or... As coaches, we always say there's no such thing as a mistake. Yeah. So we have both been reflecting on our personal histories. Mm. I'm struggling to think about the worst present, mm-hmm. but mostly because if anything has happened, I think I've just blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> blocked it out and regifted? Possibly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not naming names, not going into details, but possibly. Yeah. We'll neither confirm nor deny. No. Say nothing on that one. Yeah, I don't know that I can really think of a worst present that I've been bought. But I do find the older that I get, the less really kind of interested I am in gifts. Mm. Like I still like giving other people gifts, but somebody asked me the other day, what did I want? And I was like, I really don't need anything. Mm. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of Christmas and I always try and avoid it every year and still manage to do it at the same time. But there's a lot of buying for the sake of it and that panic buying sets in oh. where you're like, oh my God, I've got to get, get something. Yeah, I've just got to mm. get something for Auntie Jenny that I've not seen for 300 yeah. years. No idea <laughs> what we'll she is. have to get her present because yeah. we do every year. I really get your point though, because what I'm hearing in that is that the drive to just get something for fear yeah. of not getting something is probably yeah. the thing that drives getting shitty gifts. Yeah, because 
I think it's nice to buy people presents if you can think of something that's you know nice it's like you think oh that's a really cool present that person's going to really love that like there's real joy and pleasure in that Mm. as opposed to all right what am I going to get them because I haven't got a clue (laughs) and you don't want to come up empty-handed yeah and we live in times where you know people can quite often just go and get the things that they want especially when you get a bit older and but if I kind of said right let's just cancel Christmas all together let's not (laughs) bother buying people presents yeah I think I would be an outcast for that (laughs) it's a hard one you're right like how do you how do you step off that train of madness Mm. yeah yeah no I haven't thought I can't think of the worst present ever this is a great podcast isn't it neither of us can answer the hot topic but again as coaches (laughs) we dive into why why is something coming Mm. up for you or why is something not coming up for you I think what I realize is I can probably kind of vaguely remember gifts that maybe didn't land quite well or, Mm. but the thing is, is that if I'm thinking specifically of intimate partners who've given me gifts, like it's always come from a right place or they've actually always been kind of excited about it. So I've always taken a present that I may not have needed or they might've been totally off base, but it's always been really sweet. So I guess Mm. I don't remember anything really landing horribly, like worst gift ever. If anything, I just remember the best gifts ever, honestly. Like I remember my parents got me a leather jacket when I was like early teens, when all that thing was that that stuff was important. And that's again, yeah. I'm dating myself because that's when leather jackets were like really cool. And my parents didn't have a lot of money. And it was a sizable like this was just out of the mm. blue. And I, I'll always remember like that they actually got me something that I wanted and that would really help me like look cool for my friends. I'll never forget that. Yeah. That was just the most incredible thing. But I don't remember the worst gift ever. And I'm actually quite pleased that I couldn't come up with something. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think it is those gifts where you know somebody's really kind of stretched themselves to get it or they've really mm. thought hard about yeah. what it is that you might like. They're the, they are the special gifts, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're the ones that kind of really feel, you know, you get a real kind of warm glow about them, don't you? Mm. Yeah. I do, however, in research for our podcast, mm. in lieu of not being able to think of something myself, I wanted to lean back on the year anniversary of the December 2019 Peloton ad, which is this like overpriced, ridiculous exercise machine. Yeah. Which was just the most, if I can think of like worst present ever, I don't thank God have a Peloton. But for those who remember the ad where this woman was bought a Peloton by her husband and she essentially sort of logged her, and she was already a very fit person, arguably probably didn't need to uh, sort of get this large investment, but she was gifted a Peloton and she kind of had to sort of like use it and exercise on it. And the cringy look on her face on these ads is was just meme worthy. It just like blasted around the world that it it seems that she was sort of exercising on this Peloton for her dude as opposed to for herself. And so I read somewhere that like somebody said, why didn't you just get her like a good set of heavy pots and pans so that she could exercise while she's like cooking in the kitchen? <laughs> so, <laughs> Or she could hit you over the head with it. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I think if there's like a worst thing ever, I think the Peloton gift <laughs> from mm. somebody who was not wanting a Peloton, nor did they think they needed a Peloton, that may have, that may be kind of a crappy gift. <laughs> And this is the thing, isn't it? So a gift that's poor is only poor because it's not something that you want. But there could be somebody who was really desperate for one of those and couldn't afford it and would then be delighted that somebody bought it for them. Yes. You just don't know, do you? Like one of my friends were talking about Christmas gifts 
and she said, um, I really want a toast de mega. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I was like, okay. But somebody else, if somebody got me a toasty maker, I'd be like, that's really random. Why have you bought me that? <laughs> but because it's something that yeah. she really wants, then that is like a great present for her. And she's been dropping hints to everybody oh, that she wants this toasty maker. So <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? That is so funny. I have to say, if somebody bought me like an iron or a kettle or something like that, I'd be well pissed at that. Uh, right, right, exactly. Do you not? Like, like, what do you expect me to do with this thing? What, yeah. are you telling me that I just need to be in the kitchen for a bit longer? Like, not yeah. enough? <laughs> when we were younger, actually, you've just jogged a, a memory for me. When we were younger, we often didn't get Christmas presents. Mm. We would buy a gift for the family. Oh. So, <laughs> essentially, like, one year we got this new hi-fi when they were all kind of the rage. I mean, this is oh, long before yeah. Spotify and Sonos speakers and all of those. And that was the family Christmas present. And it was kind <laughs> of like... <laughs> You think, I mean, that's great, but it's not really a present for a child, is it? No, it's not. No. (laughs) So I think we were slightly conned when we were kids. I think that was a total con job. Yeah. And how things have changed, right? Since, you know, Mm. you were just saying that your kids are sending you screenshots from their bedrooms of like these things that for their wish list. Oh, completely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, our holiday shopping has been crafted by people who want to sell us stuff, right? So the whole buying, shopping, spending model is for corporate interest at the end of the day. And they want Mm. us to know that it's super important to get presents for everyone and to not get presents as being a bad friend, lover or whatnot, parent, Mm. etc. So when you say, look, I'd love to just jump off the crazy train and, and just not get, you know, cancel Christmas giving. And wouldn't that, how shocking would that be? Mm. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to call our shots as to who we want to get presents for and what kind of presents we want to, whether cash, yeah. kind, material items, yeah. uh, gestures. Again, remembering that gifts, uh, love language, to think that mm. there's a uh, there's a big wide interpretation of what a gift is. Yes. So for Aunt Jenny that you haven't seen in the longest, does it have to be a material item or yeah. how do you jump off the crazy train? You're right. How do you buck peer pressure? I don't know. I've been trying for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> so weirdly, one answer. So I'm married to somebody from India. And the good thing is, is that we and I'm now really like solidly into like we go to India for Christmas and we, you know, for the Christmas season and stuff. Mm. It's actually quite convenient because gift giving is not a thing at that time. And, and the whole consumerism of Christmas per se is, is not a, is not a thing. Mm. So I've kind of conveniently bypassed sidestepped that whole that whole thing. Oh gosh, the sirens are in. I guess that's sort of a, is that a sign? Like <laughs> doing a bad thing? You bad, bad person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has been kind of refreshing to mm. really expand my horizons and boundaries in terms of other cultures because yeah. other cultures do things really differently. It's nice to kind of step outside on my own and realize there's mm. other ways of, so Christmas is actually a recognized thing though. It's not sort of but it's more the the celebration and being together mm. um, than it is the gift giving. And that's been really nice. Yeah. And I, I think that it's really important. When I think about Christmas, I don't necessarily think about the presents. Mm. I think about family time. So mm. at Christmas, we always play the same games. Mm. We, you know, there's always a movie night there's you know you have just really nice traditions Mm -hmm. and I love the fact that on Christmas day we endeavor to get together with other people and I know that's more challenging this year for Mm -hmm. lots of people but you know you really focus on getting together there's an emphasis on it so whether that's just on you know not just on Christmas day but you know you plan things for Boxing Day you plan things for 
in between Christmas and New Year where you try and see people that you know and love over the holidays. And that's when I think about Christmas, that's what I think about. So and if that's the case, then if you look back and you're saying, like, do you remember the gifts that you've gotten in past years? Does that really come up for you or is it more the time spent? No, that more the time spent. If it was something that was like super great and I kind of thought, oh, yeah, I do remember that Mm -hmm. gift. So there are gifts that I can remember. But yeah, for me, it is about the time that you spend with people. So if I close my eyes and think about Christmas, I think about a big table, lots of food on it, uh, lots of people playing games, having fun. That for me is Christmas. Ah, I think that's the important thing, because if if you're having any misgivings about the coming holiday season and gift buying, Mm. especially because everyone's budget is going to be pinched because a lot of folks haven't been working. Yeah. If you want to get off the crazy train. And you feel at first that you can't because everyone expects things of you. And you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly spend less. I just need to Mm. keep, you know, buying the, like, what version of, like, video game consoles are there? I don't even know. PlayStation 15. Yeah. So rather than getting that, if you want to give yourself permission to just sort of step back and say, and to reconsider and be very conscious about this, imagine what you take out of Christmas. What is the most memorable thing that you take Mm. out of the holidays? And if it comes to you that you're, that the gift giving is not the most prominent, then run with that and say, look, maybe we'll do things a bit differently this year. Maybe we'll put a dollar or a pound limit. Maybe we'll do small gifts like 10 quid, $10 gifts um, and make a new rule. Be brave, be bold, put something new out there because we're all doing different things in COVID. You've got an excuse. It's been, money's been a bit tight this year Mm. and maybe get off the wild train. Not, you know, Kids don't need uh, a PlayStation plus a 200 quid jumper and a whole bunch of yeah. other stuff, right? Absolutely. And I think you do have to work within your means and then mm. stick to that. Be quite tough about that. It's about protecting your own boundaries, isn't it? Yeah. Because, we, you know, we you see people who get into debt over Christmas and oh my uh, gosh. because they want it to be like everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's just not necessary, is it? Because... Yeah. Like you say, you can't remember sometimes from one year to the next what you got unless it was something, you know, like the leather jacket where you really kind of, you know, really sticks in your mind. Mm -hmm. But the things that you do remember are, oh, do you remember when we were playing that game and it was really hilarious and, you know, such and such happened. They're the the stories, the memories, they're the things that do stick with you, I think. Yeah. Well, there's something that I've been reading. So there's a there's sort of a Facebook group post that I'm on. And somebody was asking about advice for getting married in COVID and something about Mm. guest lists, something about and a whole bunch of people reflected that they have gotten married in COVID this past Mm. year. And it was a blessing in disguise, because all of a sudden, this expectation to invite a bunch of people you don't know and have a huge do all of a sudden COVID gave them the excuse to pair right down either to elope to have 10 people to a justice of the peace wedding. And everybody that I saw was reflecting and saying best thing ever. I got to save a bunch of money. We had a much more intimate affair. It was wonderful. So let's take the holiday season and take the excuse of COVID and see what is the blessing in disguise. What's the opportunity and have a conversation with people. I mean, maybe you started off with COVID, you know, raising with your partner, with your kids to Mm. say, guys, can we redesign, re-engineer the holidays? Yeah, it is COVID. Let's start the discussion on that level. What does everybody love about the holidays? And you may realize that a whole bunch of people are stuck in this cycle of feeling obligated to get gifts when really Mm. a whole bunch of people would rather just pare it right on down. But nobody has been brave enough to bring it up. Yeah. Well, one of the best suggestions I had with one of my friends was let's stop buying each other presents. But instead, let's 
do something nice together. Mm. So they always do like deals locally, different hotels and things mm. between January and March oh, because yeah. that's their quiet season. Yeah. So we always just pick a nice hotel, go and stay in it and have like a girls night together oh. um, after Christmas, after all the madness mm. has died down. So I just found us a lovely little treat deal the other day. I sent Ooh. it to her and I was like, what about this for our little hotel gift? So we both just split the cost to pay kind of half each mm. and we just have a nice experience together. Oh my gosh, that sounds brilliant. It's great. That's exactly what we need these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. experiences. Mm. And I love it because you're supporting your local businesses, yes. your local tourism. Yeah. So I think that what we're hearing is like, the beautiful thing is, is this question, kind of an innocent question, what's the worst <laughs> gift that you've ever had? It really has sparked off. Be intentional, be conscious about the holidays. Yeah. Don't just dive into this holiday just unthinkingly yeah. asleep. Yeah, I think, yeah, be conscious, make your list, be quite firm, stick to the list. Yeah. Don't get carried away. Don't buy for buying sake. No, reflect on what's important to you. Reflect yeah. on that warmth. What is that warmth that you want yeah. to enjoy in this holiday season, in this year yeah. that has been so difficult for us? Indeed. Right. Shall we, um, shall we take a question, do you think? I think that sounds great. Yes, let's go ahead. Great. Okay. Nice juicy one today, Anna. Are you uh, ready? Very good. Yes, I am. <laughs> Got my brave pants on. Okay. Should I turn a blind eye to my partner having an affair? Okay, wait a minute. <sighs> Boom. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Okay, I have brave pants on, but they're not thick enough for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and the bomb has been dropped. We're going into the cold. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, this is not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. And I can see why people would do this for yeah. lots of reasons. So people don't want to upset the apple cart. They mm -hmm. think maybe it's a one-off. They don't have the courage to face the discussion. Mm -hmm. They're quite comfortable with the way things are and don't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. So I can see lots of reasons why this question has yeah. come up and, and how it could happen. And the funny thing is, is this is a situation where somebody has, there's been an event of infidelity. Mm. One person thinks they're doing a great job of covering this up. The other person knows about it somehow. Mm. I think what's coming up for me is that a lot of people think that they can have affairs and not be found out, mm. whether or not their partner confronts them is quite immaterial. Their partner often knows. And that may not be that they found their text message, they were scrolling through their phone, they didn't catch them in the act or something like that. It's just that when somebody is having an affair, generally their attention, their energy starts to shift elsewhere and that mm. other partner can feel it. Yeah. I remember once in a relationship with a guy and he suddenly started like doing lots more different activities ah. quite a lot like really increased mm. the amount of times that he wasn't around in the house mm. and I said to him one night I said if I didn't know any better I'd swear you were having an affair and I still don't know whether he was or he wasn't ah. really but that's the one only the one and only time that I've really been suspicious mm. and that was as far as the conversation went mm. well we did eventually split up so it didn't matter anyway <laughs> <laughs> But probably contributed somehow mm -hmm. possibly yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well the fact that you wanted to go out every night and do something else was a uh. <laughs> bit of a telltale sign that things were <laughs> right <laughs> just a bit uh, so yeah interesting 
But it is an interesting question, isn't it? So I've always got a question back, haven't I? So my question back would be, I'd question why do you want to turn a blind eye? What is it about the situation that is a challenge for you? Yeah. And I'd really dig deep on that to understand what is it that's going on behind where's the fear where's the anxiety yeah what is it that you are trading because you're kind mm. of swapping something for something else aren't you mm. so mm. what where's the trade-off here what is it that you're by not facing it what are you yeah. trading that for so what are you hoping to get by not raising it oh yeah totally does that make sense oh it does and I think I'd want to dive into like that's a pretty horrendous discovery, whether you mm. suspect, whether you know, whether what, whatever proof you've got or whatnot, that's pretty horrible. That, that's devastating. Mm. That's absolutely devastating. And I probably want to just dive in and be like, how are you feeling? Yeah. You're telling me like, you know, should I ignore this? But I would just dive in and be like, oh my gosh, this is a, this is a horrible realization. Mm. It's a horrible discovery. What are you feeling? Because you're right. You're, you're probably wanting to sort of mask and there's a balance going on, yeah. but, but what's going on for you? Mm. Yeah, that's devastating. And I don't know, we oftentimes in society, we kind of agree on sort of a single definition of what loyalty or fidelity means, where mm. a lot of people have different definitions of that there's open yeah. relationships, there's um, a whole bunch of polyamory and so forth. But I think I'd want to know, like, where exactly is this landing in terms of a break in a contract for you? Mm. Yeah. Do you think you could turn a blind eye? Mm. No, because one of my no and because what's what really comes up in my past experiences like this is I notice people withdrawing. Mm. I can tell. And I've got two things. One of them is very ego driven. I hate I hate the wool being pulled over my eyes. Mm. I hate somebody thinking that I don't know or they can fool me. <laughs> I, yeah. I hate being the last person to know. So really, mm. my ego, unfortunately, is the thing that really leads where I'm like, if something is going on, just tell me because I yeah. don't want to be made a fool of. Mm. So that's one one sentiment. The other thing is that I really feel that physical and that um, intimate withdrawal. I can feel their attention going elsewhere. So for me, I, I can't handle it. That is such a touch point for me. I just freak out. Mm. I absolutely freak out. And it, it always gets into a scenario where like, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, you didn't. And yeah. that often sort of leads into to nowhere because if somebody, and, and I have to kind of bring this up too, is narcissistic personality disorders can often come in here because if there are folks who are being unfaithful in the relationship and they tend to gaslight their partner because a lot of partners mm -hmm. know like everyone is like look I feel like something's going on oh no it's not yeah so oftentimes this brings up a lot of gaslighting a lot of like questioning reality and mm. so forth so yeah I think regrettably what happens is is it's often turning a blind eye is often easier because to start to confront this you'll often be met with no you're mm. you're making this up your gut yeah. instinct is not correct. And so the problem is you end up being in a situation where you have to start to make your own decisions because you're not going to get your tr the truth from another partner. Mm. So turning a blind eye can actually be a little bit easier. Yeah, I can see why people yeah. would. Yeah, because they don't want to unsettle things. They kind of think, well, this is, yeah. this is it. This is all I've got. This is all I'll ever have. Yeah. So why do I then want to throw it all away when mm. I could just sit here quietly and do nothing? Yeah. Especially if you feel like if you brought it up, you'd just be mm. dismissed and told that you're uh, yeah. imagining things. Yeah. So, I mean, to get into that point, there are a lot of people who, yeah, not disrupting the apple cart can be really important for folks. Mm. And 
there's not a universal value on faithfulness. Some people, some people are like, well, if somebody is sexually or emotionally involved with somebody else, that's not a big deal to me. I don't really care. What I care mm. about is X, Y, Z. Maybe that's yeah. stability of the house, the children, their, their wellness, keeping the home, keeping things together. Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't attribute a certain value to fidelity. Fidelity is not sort of a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. I think I would struggle to turn a blind eye. Mm -hmm. I think maybe mm -hmm. in the past I could maybe see that I would not have confronted it and I maybe wouldn't have felt strong enough or wanted to have the conflict. I could mm -hmm. kind of see that that would maybe be a thing, but mm -hmm. now... I would say that would be different for me. What do you think has changed? Having the courage to be able to speak up for yourself, I think, is something that is can be really difficult to have and to be able to do. But I think that's the biggest thing that's changed for me. Mm. So not that your values have changed, just your ability to speak up for those values. Yeah. Yes. Ah, okay. I think that is underlying. Because even if, you know, should I put up with an affair you know, we've spoken about this before is should mm -hmm. I entertain the idea of an open relationship? Because that yeah. will often be something that, that a lot of folks will actually encounter as a question. Mm. And so some people may say, well, I guess, but if they're really looking at their values and really standing up for their values and their boundaries, yeah. people may make certain decisions mm. based on how in touch they are with what's important to them. Yeah, I think you need to be true to who you are. You need to be true to what's important to you. And then you, you use that as your guiding light to make a decision. Mm -hmm. I think the problem that I feel with this question is I don't really get a sense that the person wants to turn a blind eye. I get mm -hmm. a real sense that decision or that choice, that question is out of fear and not out of anything else. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're making a conscious decision to turn a blind eye because, you know, that fits with your life your values what you want for the future then that's absolutely fine there's you know we talk about judgment and how there isn't any judgment mm -hmm. we each make our own personal decisions and choices on a daily basis mm -hmm. where the challenge comes in is if you're not making that decision consciously if you're not mm -hmm. if you're doing it because you're scared of something else in the future mm -hmm. that's not the right basis to make that decision yeah and and it will come back right so yeah. i think i had a post this week and said you know, whatever you're sweeping under the carpet will eventually have to be dealt with. Yes. Right? So it's kind of that scenario, isn't it? Like, yeah. you can sweep it under the carpet, but if it's not supposed to be there, it's going to come out somehow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so many of our decisions are fear-based. That's the reason why coaches exist. Mm. We exist to help to highlight or mirror to folks that yeah. this may be a fear-based decision. Yeah. We're so used to, we're so used to making decisions yeah. that are that keep us small and out of our power because we're scared of some consequence. A purpose-driven decision is something that's much more powerful, but it takes a lot of a lot of guts for sure. Yeah. And a lot of um thinking about the worst case scenario and fearlessly, fearlessly mm. proceeding, knowing that you're okay with that worst case scenario. So what's the worst yeah. case scenario is in the case, if you don't, if you decide, no, I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. Faithfulness yeah. is a really important thing for me. It's an important value. Yeah. So I'm going to bring this up. Yeah. And worst case scenario is, you know, perhaps my partner denies, 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 and I decide that I'm going to leave the relationship because I trust my gut. I know something's mm. wrong. And I want to move into a space where there is trust, loyalty, respect. Yeah. 
if that's the worst case scenario and that's not that scary, then you can actually proceed really fearlessly into into a candid discussion. And mm. facing or tackling a, a suspected affair doesn't mean that that's the end of your relationship. Yes. You know, there are relationships yes. that do recover um, and you can rebuild trust. And in some instances, yeah. you can actually create a stronger relationship because you've dealt with something that was really, really difficult and you've dealt with it together and you've come from a place where you've had stronger communication about it. So you start to develop those skills as a couple. So it's, you know, maybe the affair was because of something else that was going on in the relationship. And so you've actually, by coming to light, by tackling it, you've then addressed the underlying reasons and challenges. And then, you know, you start to create a place where you can talk a lot more about your feelings and who you are and what you want from the relationship. Yeah. And that's how uh, famous sex therapist Esther Perel, who wrote Mating in Captivity, and that's her big thing is that the affair can be the beginning of your relationship, not the end. Mm. Although I I really (laughs) want to stand up for the I think that's in a limited scenario where either somebody is being upfront and honest and like, yeah, I have had an affair or B, they've been caught red handed so they can help but uh, admit it. And I know it's a bit pessimistic, but I do want to speak to the people where they never, ever get that acknowledgement from their partner. I have a bunch of folk who come to me. So when I'm practicing clinically and I practice with a lot of young folk, I do a lot of STI testing and so forth. And I have people coming to me, they want to have Mm. STI testing and they wish to have a positive STI test so they they can bring that to their partner and say, I have chlamydia and you gave it to me and now I have proof that you have been cheating on me. Because, and I, I inquire and I kind of dive deep with them and I'm saying, you know, what brings you to get STI testing? Well, I think my partner is being unfathful, but I'm not mm. sure. So I just want to get tested and catch him red-handed, uh, him or her. Or they. <laughs> um, so so I explore them and I say, what would happen if all of your STI tests were negative mm. and you don't have anything? So because the problem is a lot of people feel powerless in that instance. Mm. Well, they don't have any proof, so then they can't have the discussion. So I guess for me, I see a lot of instances where people have a very hard time extracting the truth or finding out the truth. They have a gut instinct, um, which I think is really powerful to follow your intuition. Your intuition Mm. is telling you something, but they don't get the truth from their partner. So I guess I'm sort of stuck in that zone where how do you proceed if you don't get the truth, if you kind of have to follow your own intuition? I Mm. think an affair, if acknowledged by two people, can be a powerful start. Yeah. How do you start when you don't get that acknowledgement? Well, it goes back to trust in the relationship, doesn't it? So if you can't trust what the other person's saying, that's a fundamental, well, that would be a deal breaker for me if I don't feel like I've got trust and certainty there. Because that's the stuff that really does mess with your mind because you start to question things and you no longer know what reality is. Yes. And if you start to feel crazy. Yeah. If you have been accused of being crazy or if you start to feel crazy in your relationship that is a sign that somebody's gaslighting you and it's time to it's time to look at your value of trust it's time to and all I'm saying is that it's in that instance where there may not be material to work together to rebuild a stronger relationship after affair if somebody is gaslighting you and and denying you the truth (laughs) that may be Mm. a signal that there's not there's nothing to work on yeah. Unless the partner grudgingly sort of, you know, admits or at least mm. at least agrees to start to work on perhaps to see a therapist or a coach together. They yeah. may not admit that an affair has gone on, but they may say, OK, fine, I can acknowledge that we have things to work on and to improve. Let's go see a therapist or a coach. Yeah, that is a tricky one. Hey, 
Mm, it is a tricky one yeah. and I can see it from both sides. I can see why you would maybe be in that situation and how difficult it would be to face it. Mm. And I can also see from the other side around, well, actually, that's not something I'm going to tolerate. So I can see it in, you know, a foot in both camps. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying, sorry, you're seeing it from the person who may have had an affair and is very scared to admit it or talk about it. I think on both sides, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it can be really challenging. Yeah. Because generally there's something behind it. We know that behaviours, there's always something behind the behaviour. Yeah. So, And I'd be interested to kind of understand what that was. Ah, so it's just to, to inquire, like, what is it that mm. brought you to have an affair, go elsewhere? Yeah. 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 That's actually really cool. Hey, yeah, just presuming it's mm. not a bad person necessarily, that tons of very nice people have affairs. Yeah. I think they say that, you know, if somebody has really poor self-esteem or is going through a really hard time at work or just feels really poorly about themselves, that's actually a very common driver for infidelity. Mm. So it may have nothing to do with their partner. It may just be yeah. their own thing. I think, yeah. Yeah. So that is the stuff to work on then. That's the opportunity. Yeah. I think it's questioning yourself about why you'd want to do it and then starting to look at mm. how you're making decisions and then looking at you know what is behind the behavior mm -hmm. i think that's where the focus would be mm. wow <laughs> well that was quite an episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> well this is super common it's a quagmire it's a real sticky wicket as we say mm. in skiing but just as sarah as you're saying is just one question after the other and just diving in and just unraveling the the yarn i guess the ball of yarn yeah. one at a time yeah so i think that brings us to the end of the podcast yeah well merry christmas <laughs> yeah on that note <laughs> oh, oh gosh well i think we always deliver we're never gonna we're gonna lean into difficult discussions as opposed to running away from them so yes you can always be assured on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> it'll always get a wee uncomfortable and then we'll sort of zoom back out and just say you know it's gonna be okay guys it's gonna be okay yeah it is it is right on excellent <laughs> there is always hope yes oh well all right well thanks sarah for this deep reflection yes thank you and um till next week my lovely wonderful have a great week ahead and you bye so that's it for another week of geordie lass and doc Sass. we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover if you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one -on -one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.